My name is Sarah Rosa Davies, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Austin, the Premier League is back. The Premier League is back, almost. Almost, almost. It's Monday, August 6th, 1.40, 2 p.m. Pacific time. I'm in Orange County, California. Austin, where are you? Colorado. Probably got to introduce ourselves as well. I'm Sean Meadow, Associate Sports Editor at the Emerald. Guest today on the podcast, making a return back-to-backs on Emerald FC. (laughs) It's Austin Craycraft. Hello. Uh, I don't really have any accolades to flaunt about, but I'm a guy who likes to talk about sports. He does like to talk about sports, and that's what this podcast is going to be about. And as you could probably tell from already, it's about the English Premier League starting up this week. Man United plays Leicester on Friday. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. I'm trying to. I'm telling my boss that I got to get off a little early so I can watch it in its entirety on time. See, I am not working that day, but I will be back in Eugene, Oregon, for. Oregon soccer and football season kicking off. Holy cow, that's a week from now. So let's just dive right in because we've got a lot to cover. Jurgen Klopp for Liverpool. You've got your kit on. You're so excited. So let's let's just talk about it because for me at least, I think this is their best chance at a Premier League title ever. Meh, maybe not ever, but their best chance to date. It's They have their best number eight since Steven Gerrard. So I think that's kind of where I started off with is just Naby Keita coming in from Leipzig. Uh, it's been rumored for over a year, and now he's here. Liverpool actually has a midfielder. Um, they bring in uh, what people are saying is a world-class keeper. We'll see how he performs across a whole season in the Premier League with Allison from Roma. Um, he, he also started in front of Ederson, the Man City keeper, for Brazil. So that means the, his countrymen have his back. So I, I, I'm expecting big things, uh, at least better than Karius, that's for sure. Better than Karius is a low bar. <laughs> Karius was better than Mignolet, so I guess there's, there's wow, steps really? here. Okay, okay. Champions League final maybe begs to differ. Um, yeah. <laughs> and already one preseason blunder. Yeah, well, that's, that's why he is... I mean, he might be in this last week of transfers, but we'll see. Um, but there's so many other exciting parts of this team that I, I do think that they have a chance to contend with City, but... God, City is just so good. We'll get into the City in a second, but back to Liverpool. Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino. Do you do just want to start singing the song? Do they keep it going? I'm not going to sing it, but they're they're going to are they going to keep it going like that big three right there? I mean, because probably, I think that might have been a one hit wonder of a season. At the same time, I certainly don't think Salah is going to be as kind of amazing as he was last year he outperformed his expected goals by like five like he should have had closer to 21 whereas he had 31 tying the 38 game record so like it was it was just the dream season but i think at the expected same time, goals as in like stat bomb yeah like just what are you based going on like, where based on where your shot I, i'm i'll probably reference it multiple you, times you can just we're just gonna just let's let's source our yeah our numbers sure. at least there yeah it is this is, but is this, that where you're coming from yeah stat bomb but I think at the same time, I think Firmino can finish better than he did. I think Sadio Mane uh, kind of went through ups and downs throughout the season. And then I just think that as a team, the defense was so good after Christmas once Van Dyke kind of arrived. And even once they put Karius in goal, they were just better defensively. So I think the the slight de- decrease in offense possibly could be ticked up by uh, the defense. 
I think the defense was definitely the part that saw Liverpool blunder, the Champions League final, the goalkeeping specifically. But you have a solid team in Liverpool, and they just only added to it really this summer. That's what's quite scary. I think they are Premier League title contenders, but the favorites, the defending champions. Manchester City with Pep Guardiola, they signed Mares, a record for the club. Gabriel Jesus just re-signed. Sergio Aguero's playing well. A pair of goals yesterday on Sunday against Chelsea at Wembley in the Community Shield. And they should win the Premier League again, but I'm not sure if they win it as much of a, in as much of a landslide as they did last season with 100 points United, the closest with 81. I mean, I think the second place team finishes with more than 81, so that means that they would have really? to break their own record, I think. 81 is a lot because that would have won, I think it was some, I don't want to misquote it, but I think it was like six Premier Leagues I would just, have been won with 81, including Leicester City's title winning season. I think the, the record before two, was, I think, 96 by Chelsea. I think the top two might be just really high. I don't know. That's just kind of the sense I'm getting from the season. I don't know. I'm um, going to differ. I'm going to say that it's a much more competitive league this year. I think Spurs... Arsenal is going to be a little better because they won't have the looming Arsene Wenger. They, Man United's going to be hit or miss, honestly. I did, that comes down to Jose Mourinho. Chelsea's kind of back. And then Man City and Liverpool. So I think it's not going to be as much of a runaway. In my opinion, I think it's going to be a much closer title race. I think it's going to be a much closer top four race. And I'm really know, excited for the season. I last year was pretty nerve-wracking because Liverpool almost dropped out of the top four like right that was just I think but that was also because of the Champions League no I understand but just like Chelsea I was still right there focus like, on that I think there's so much talk of this improvement from Liverpool but they also finished fourth last year but yeah I, I agree most of their focus was on the Champions League but now you have Chelsea probably giving getting that new manager bump a little bit I know they're losing a great one in Conte but a whole new a whole new kind of style with Mauricio Sarri and um I don't, I don't know. I think I, I I'm just excited for the season in general. Um, I I do just tend to believe that Man City and Liverpool will just have like a slight gap in between, uh, above the third place team. And you brought up Chelsea a little bit. Are they truly back? Do you think? I think it's going to be a little bit of a different vibe. I just don't know if it's going to be the same Chelsea FC because you look at Courtois who might be on the way out. Eden Hazard is very questionable as whether what his future holds. Transfer window closes on Thursday. But this Chelsea team, sorry, I don't know what to expect from them. It's really confusing to me. Yeah, I mean, me too. I think this this next, what is it, four days left in this transfer window is going to decide a lot of it. Just because it sounds like Courtois is out the door, but if he's not, they... They'll have a great keeper. But if he is, then they have to go scramble and find another keeper. Hazard, like you said. And this team is built to play like Conte plays, not like Sarri plays. And he's he's trying to put in... Uh, I saw somewhere, I don't I don't know the the source of it, but someone said that he's the most tactically like challenging manager in in the world almost. So you have to bring a lot of mental focus, just the way he plays and kind of the... the just the way Napoli played for them to try and do that over one uh, shortened summer in Chelsea would be quite incredible if they were able to pull it off right away. And I'm really interested to see how all those pieces fit. And a big piece as well within London, Arsenal. Emery taking over. I no, think long, that's, no longer Arsenal. It's, <laughs> oh my gosh. 
<laughs> um, you spent some time in London pretty recently. Did you did you run into any Arsenal fans? What's what's the vibe within that camp? I know it it must be exciting because I mean, change is always good, especially when it gets stagnant like it did under Arsene Wenger. Maybe maybe it says something about it, but like I didn't run into very many Arsenal fans. Like I don't know if that says something in itself. Like the most I heard about Arsenal was just from people back in the states. Like I heard a lot more buzz about Tottenham. Um, Chelsea fans are still kind of just grouped together and they're, they're just their own kind of blend of person. But I think Arsenal without Arson is going to be really interesting. They, they're still trying to figure out Lacazette and Aubameyang. Um, they are an extremely interesting team, but they might be lagging third in terms of London-based teams. Where were you staying in London? Like, who's the closest club? Well, I worked very close to Chelsea. I worked kind of in the Fulham area, so I was down southwest over there. Um, that makes sense. I don't know. Tottenham was. To some, so you're going to see Fulham in the Premiership as well. <laughs> don't, oh get, don't get me too excited already. I'm very excited to talk about them because. Oh. Yeah, we'll save some some of the love for them later. Um, but in terms of like top four, kind of what what are you thinking at this point in time? We kind of pinpointed the top two, but does that kind of change it all for you? Hmm, that's a good point. I think top four. My, I, I have a feeling it's going to go the same way it did last year. Order-wise? Yeah. Liverpool's finishing I'm not even fourth? Kidding. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe third. I think Liverpool could finish third. I don't know if I... I don't know. Liverpool, for me, is really a title contender, but I just think there's something about that that last season that was really just a flash in the pan, and I'm skeptical of it. I need to see it again. And I know Lukaku is a good goal scorer. I know Pogba is going to be playing properly this year. Sanchez is looking really just like into him during the preseason, not to take anything away from results, but to individual play. I think the back line for United is what's biggest worry, but you still have De Gea in the pipes. And oh, that's such a hockey term. But the you still have De Gea in goal. There's just that that security at least. But I don't. I don't know. I there, don't know if Liverpool can actually put the goals on the board and win the games that they were winning last season. I just don't know. Shakiri's a great signing. Credit there. But I don't know if there's the goals from Salah the way that he scored last season. No, I I still can't I still can't really believe that last season happened in terms of that. Um, but in the same way that Liverpool, I kind of you you can I mean you can say it was kind of a fluke with their front three. I think. The same thing can be said about De Gea behind goal for Manchester United because same same source stats bomb. They said he saved the equivalent of 12 goals last year. Like Man United should have given up 12 more goals, which was like three more than any other keeper in the top five leagues. So he was just he played like as good of a season as a keeper possibly can. Like, is he going to do that again? Like, even if he regresses yeah. five goals, that's it's a been huge him for the last goals. three seasons. But last year he was even better. Because he's only getting better. Oh, so he's going to be even better. If, if so, United is a legitimate title contender because I probably do think they end up getting a, another defender in these next couple days. It sounds like they're really in on Harry Maguire, um, which is pretty interesting. I don't. It depends how you think of Harry Maguire. Three lines on your shirt. <laughs> he, he, he really kind of became a star in the, in the World Cup. I don't oh, think. Oh, yeah. What a come up for him. I don't think unless you watched a lot of Leicester City last year. I mean, I know he was he 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 was part of something bigger, but like I don't know. Is he 
can he save that defense? He's not worth the money that it's reported, if you ask me. Was which Van is D- more than Virgil Van Dyke, which was yeah, what, was Van Dyke pounds? worth? I don't think he was worth that. I but think I Virgil... think he is. Like, there's people saying he's the best center back in that league now. Oh, because of one World Cup? No, no, no. Sorry, Van Dyke is. Oh, okay. But then, no, I don't I mean, think. Maguire... Yeah, if you're going by money. I don't think Maguire is worth that. I don't think Maguire is worth that much money. I think Gary Mina might have been the better transfer, and he's going for much cheaper to Everton. Yeah, Everton's had an extremely interesting offseason. After last year spending a lot of money, they're spending a lot of money this year as well, but in a completely different way. Um, So that'll make Merseyside a little bit more interesting. but. But to go back to the top four, the big, big, big question mark, I think, around Man United's season is Jose Mourinho. And I think... That's something you laugh right now, Austin, but it's true. I, what is he, 5-1 to one odds to get sacked first? That's hilarious. Yeah, You're going to check on that. But, oh my goodness, the the negative comments over the preseason tour, it's, it's uncanny. But I look at this team and I see players capable of winning a title, but not with the style that Jose Mourinho is playing. I think he needs to let Pogba loose. We've seen what he can do at the World Cup. That, to me, kind of says it all. Lukaku, the goal scorer, it's just it's too defensive, it's too negative, and he stays negative, and that's, I think, one of the problems that you have on the team. When I understand what he's saying, how it's a World Cup year, and the fans are wasting money and whatnot, but I didn't go to any of the games, any of the ICC games this summer. I usually make it out to one, but I didn't go to any. I chose... <laughs> an extra Galaxy game, and I'm going to an LAFC game next week, rather, because it's... It's a, it's it's a much more inviting much atmosphere. Much more exciting, because those games... I mean, I could have gone to Man United versus AC Milan, but according to Jose Mourinho, less than 30% of the squad here is the team that was going to be playing in the Premiership this year. And I don't disbelieve that statement. I just think it's silly that the prices are... I, I agree with him there, but I just think it's silly that Jose Mourinho goes on these rants about things that you just don't need to go on and his negativity is possibly going to see him exit what was his dream job right and he i don't know this icc kind of stint that united's been on is just kind of weird in terms of that they so much of their team went fairly deep in the world cup like that's a that's a pretty big deal pogba won it um Rashford was on that semifinal team. Seven United players were in semifinal or better teams. Exactly. Like that's that's a so they all large played those chunk. seven played until the last weekend. Exactly. Phil Jones, Marcus Rashford, Jesse Lingard, Romelu Lukaku, uh, Paul Pogba. Right. So they're just getting their summer like right now, and they're yeah. like being forced <laughs> to hey, you're gonna go play a Premiership game on Friday. Good luck. Yeah, it's 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 pretty tough. Uh, Rashford played yesterday for United against Bayern, but Jesse Lingard wearing that new number, huh? Wearing that number ten, I like that. Uh, I like that, but <laughs> different different talking point. But uh, well, he's just was I no matter yeah, what's going to happen. Let's say they get McGuire. He's still going to just go around and complain about the lack or quote unquote the lack of money that is being spent. And which isn't true. Yeah, United spent have spent the, money. Yeah, the Second only team most that spent since more has been hired. Exactly. We saw the same yeah. tweet. <laughs> we saw the same tweet. Props to ESPN FC for putting that yeah. that graphic out. I'm not sure if it was them who came up with the statistic, but fact is fact. But yeah, though United have spent, and I hate that that's becoming part of the sport 
but that is. Um, well, because I, I just remember like a couple of years ago, you ridiculing our friend Greg Kelly for being a Chelsea fan just because they would buy all these non-English players and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just because I've got this whole thing where I grew up with a team that was made up of a bunch of youth players. The team I supported, Man United, as a kid, they had kids, and that was who was playing. The team that's the kind first of... teams I remember were teams composed of Beckham and the Nevilles, and like the player that United had bought at the point when I was a kid. That was like, oh, they bought him. Like it was a purchase. Was like Ruud van Nistelrooy and Diego Forlan, and it was like Ole Solskjaer, like Teddy Sheringham. Like those were the players you had to buy. Those strikers, because those were the best in the world, and that was what the club bought. Well, but and... they had these players like Giggs and Skulls, and I mean. Geez, look at what I'm wearing. Paul Scholes jersey. Exactly. It, the, the team that's kind of like that right now in the Premier League is actually Tottenham. It's Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, Spurs is the only one that's kind of holding on to that little I mean, they, bit. They just, they just buy the players at 19 and they end up developing them <laughs> amazingly. Like Deli Ali and Harry Kane. and Yeah, Deli Ali was just, MK Dons. And yeah. he was a really big piece to the England team this summer. I think I think you can't not speak about Spurs. This Harry Kane. His all... golden boot was... <laughs> I'm going to laugh at that. It was a joke of a golden boot in the sense of the style of the goals, but, you know, a goal's a goal. He, he, I mean, not that... I don't think anyone's really talking about this, but he hasn't been the same since that ankle injury late in last Premier, the Premier League season last year. I'd agree. Like, that really... I think like... his work rate has dropped. I think he's a little bit hesitant going into hard tackles, and you're nodding your head in agreement because I think we're on the same page here. Harry Kane has just lost a bit of that... Harry Kane, that that goal scorer mentality in the box, and the ball comes into the box. Yeah, he he's he's having other people create his shots for him, um, whereas he's usually creating like half his own shots. So it's just a different way of seeing him play, and maybe that continues because he does have pretty good teammates around him. But last year, the reason that Tottenham is just so reliable is you're like, oh, I'm I'm getting one from Harry today at least, so that's that's one you can count on, and just anything else that happens. Uh, it's, Probably Christian Eriksen doing something spectacular. Exactly. Like, they, they just have such a solid front. I think the questions start to come deeper in the midfield because Musa, mm -hmm. there were parts, of, there were people last year saying that he was like one of the best midfielders in the Premiership. And now there's people saying that that's a huge hole on the team. So, how they kind of figure that out has been kind of the cry for help this summer. That's an interesting point as well because Deli Ali had to play kind of a creative role for England over the summer. And that's not necessarily what he has to do as much for Spurs. That's kind of Christian Eriksen. And like you said, Musa Dembele, they get to bring the ball forward for him. Dele Ali, over the summer at, in Russia at the World Cup, had to kind of do that himself. And I think he struggled a little bit from time to time with that. But now he's got some experience doing that on the biggest stage in the world. He's going to have to try it a little bit more in the Premier League when Harry Kane, like you said, kind of can't create those goals or those chances for him as much as he used to be able to. Well, and then I think having played with a guy like Raheem Sterling, it'll be interesting to see if Ali kind of pushes Sonny to kind of fill that role. Because in a way, they're the same. I know he's not quite as fast as Sterling. He's a little bit bigger, but he still has some of those wide forward qualities that Sterling inhibited throughout the World Cup. And so I think that's just an interesting kind of viewpoint on it. I mean, in a way, half the Spurs team got to practice with themselves the entire summer because that's just half the England national team. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Gosh, that's that's like Barcelona and Real Madrid with Spain over years and years, Bayern Munich for Germany. But 
let's kind of move it down a little bit. The table, I think Everton made the, making some smart signings and good transition. Marcus Silva, good manager pickup from Watford. That team could be playing for a good spot, Europa League spot, maybe challenging at points for that top four, but I think inevitably falling off. It'll be interesting to see how their season unfolds. You have any thoughts on them or any of the other mid-table teams? I really enjoyed Richarlison last year. He has now moved to Everton. I think he's going to. He be hasn't scored inter- since November, though. I know his his numbers once again. Like they say, he should have scored I think a it was lot November. more. No, that sounds probably right. Like he he should have scored like ten goals. He only scored five. So you can say he's either a bad finisher or he's due to positive regress. I guess he's young. He's creative. He's a good player. It'll be cool to see him playing yeah. who's, for who's Marco gonna- Silva again. Who's playing up top for that team, though? Like, is it Calvert-Lewin, or, like, what, what's happening? They they do miss that Romelu Lukaku-sized hole up top, for sure. I think Man United getting really a good deal for him, but... Well, people are wondering, like, why... They, they were clearly seventh two years ago. Last year, fall behind Burnley. They weren't actually very good or fun to watch. And now, I think Lukaku's just the obvious answer. Yeah, and that was also Sam Allardyce's style, I think. <laughs> but... Yeah, there's there's just a problem at Everton, I think, in that that goal scoring regard. I'm not sure what they're gonna where they're gonna get all their goals this season from, but we'll I see. I just feel but... like they pay like 10 million more to everyone than they deserve almost. Like that's a good point. Gilfie, <laughs> Gilfie should yeah. have gotten that. Um, yeah, that's just that's just the game nowadays, I guess. I'm not even gonna dive into the Pickford, <laughs> the numbers of it. But Jordan Pickford having a great World Cup. He could be off to Chelsea, though, with the Courtois move to Real Madrid. Did you see the number that Everton wants, though, if that were to... I actually haven't seen that, no. It was like 70, which, like... What did Liverpool Liverpool pay for Alisson? Wasn't it 70? It was around that, yeah. Like, do we think Pickford is that good? (sighs) Do we think Pickford is that good? I think that's a loaded question. I think Jordan Pickford made some great saves. I think he has really good goalkeeper instincts. I think you get him... On the right team with the right motivation, I think he's a good goalkeeper. I think he's a great goalkeeper. He's right now the best English keeper. So that that says enough to me that he's he's a good choice in the market I, that you can go and get. Theoretically, though, if you're leaving Everton, who at least at the end of last year was playing like a lot of defenders in front, so you face a lot of shots, but they're not very high-quality shots. Whereas someone like Mauricio Sarri's team, if he goes to Chelsea, that team probably is going to get counterattacked on so you're going to face less shots but they're going to be higher quality so it's just kind of that i don't know that yin and yang almost so i don't know how he would fare in that because it's just goalkeepers are so hard to measure almost oh so difficult it's so difficult david de gea was was dreadful in his debuts or his early his debut i guess yeah the community shield but his um his build-up is beginning him and andreas lindegaard were fighting for a spot. I went to a Man United game in 2011 and it was Andres Lindegaard starting over De Gea against Wigan. United won that game 5-0 and I don't think he had to make a save, but at that point it was flipping and flopping and it was a 50-50. It was a coin toss essentially. Who's going to start that game? Sir Alex Ferguson built him up and now look at him. He's the best goalkeeper in the world and he's maybe the best goalkeeper United have had since Peter Schmeichel. Apologies to Edwin Vandersar, one of my favorites growing up, but man, it was. it's so fun to watch him make saves. And I think you'll have to make a lot this season with Man United's backline having a lot of holes in it. Right. But let's let's go down a little bit to the promoted teams because I know you wanted to Yay. talk a little bit about them. Cardiff coming up into the oh, Premier yeah, League. Cardiff, that's who I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, Cardiff City. But Cardiff, oh, that's not Cardiff. who you want to talk. 
Do you not I, want to talk about Cardiff? Well, was it I'll, Wolves? No, I'll just say about? one thing about them. I think that <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter say this, and like after reading about them a little bit, I completely agree. They're a, just a poor man's Huddersfield, which like who who wants really? This? Yes. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know if they're poor man's Huddersfield. They're Welsh. It's a different. It's a different club, man. <laughs> they got an ownership group that's a lot different to Huddersfield. So I don't know. A poor man's well, yeah, Huddersfield. Didn't though, they? Didn't they used to kind of just pay way too much for people in? Well, Vincent Tan, the owner, kind of just let loose. He he changed the colors of the team, and fans got mad, and they're like, you can't just do that. Like, yep. It's like, could you imagine walking in and telling Liverpool, all right. We're going to wear purple. Red, red is old. We're, I mean, you are wearing no, purple this year. No, I know, that's year, a joke. But, <laughs> you know, we're going, we're going a lighter shade. It's going to be more of an orange now. Fans would lose it. Right. As they rightfully did in Cardiff. But yeah, Wolves coming up as well. <laughs> Vincent Tan was a fun character. Going to be fun to see Cardiff back in. But Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers back in the Premiership. Saw Wolves kit at Galaxy game against Orlando Slotons huh. hat trick. And I was like, that that right there is that pretty, guy knows. pretty rare, I think, for Southern California. Might have been the only Wolves kit in the area. I don't know. Then, I, I just think it's kind of cool that we have a Portuguese team in the Premier League. <sighs> Because that's literally all Wolves is, basically. They they added more Portuguese players. They didn't they didn't lose any. They added more over the course. There there's an I don't know what the there's an agent. I don't remember what his name is, but he he is the agent to like most of these Portuguese players. So he's just kind of like feeding them into this Wolves side. That tends that, to happen. That was just yeah. That was the way they've kind of financed their team, and that's fine. Hey, it works. Got them. They're in the Premier League. No, anything can happen now. They're a really good Premier League side, which. I mean, at least from what I've seen, I, I admit I didn't watch a ton of championship last year. but um, You did watch a lot of Fulham, though. I watched some Fulham, yeah. Um, oh, I am so excited. Cause, is Ryan Sessegnon as good as people say? I don't know. He's interesting. Are they going to play him at fullback or are they going to play him on the wing? Because he wears a fullback's number. He wears number three, or at least did the last year. I don't know if they're changing mm-hmm. that. But he's, It'll be fun. He's fun. Mitrovic, I think, is his name. They they had him on loan for the second half of last mm-hmm. year, and they signed him on a full now. Uh, they added Gene Michael Sarri, who was being linked to Arsenal and uh, Chelsea as a midfielder from Nice. He is excellent. I watched like 10 minutes of highlights. I'm so excited. The way he can link up that back line to the, the talented attacking players Fulham has has me really thinking that they can finish in above a teen spot in this in this table. Yeah, Mitrovic, you mentioned him. He scored one goal in the World Cup for Serbia. So oh, they yeah. got a World Cup player. I missed all of the Serbia games. Like, I heard people saying good <laughs> things, but they're just, I didn't catch them. Yeah, you know, I, I missed two games all World Cup because I had that to do. <laughs> um, it's kind of, I don't, but, I don't, I don't, I can't think of an event that would be bigger to you than the World Cup. So. Oh, there's nothing. The Olympics are great, but there's nothing bigger than the World Cup. Anyway, Golden Boot, let's just hear your, your call on that. I don't know. Does Lukaku score enough goals? Or can Man United score enough goals for him to get it, I guess I should say? Because that's kind of where I'm leaning. Is that dumb? I'm still hung up on Mitrovic. That might have been the other Mitrovic. I'm not even sure anymore. Is it the one that played for Newcastle? Are there... Oh, Maybe they're the now same I'm, one? I think he's on Fulham. Is he not? They just had a Mitrovic who is on... Alexander Mitrovic, right? Yeah, sure. Is he not on... I don't know where he's playing right now. He's playing on Fulham. Okay. Okay, I scared myself. I remember seeing him in a Newcastle kit. I mean, he could have been there before. 
I think he played for Newcastle at some point. Anyway, Newcastle. let's forget that and go back into Golden Boot discussion. But yeah, Mitrovic, good good forward, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, Golden Boot, go ahead. I think I'm leaning Lukaku. That's who I was going to say. Really? We weren't supposed to tell each other, and now look what's just happened. But oh. yeah, Romelu Lukaku. I, I mean, I want to hear your reasoning. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think anyone else is going to score a ton of goals on that team. I don't know how much time Rashford's even going to get because he's the other guy who could potentially steal the goals, but they're not going to play them alongside He's not each scoring other. that much, though, in the first place. I don't think he's scoring a golden boot-worthy amount. Right, and I think the way they're deploying Alexis Sanchez is just more as a creator. Pogba's being misused. He's not a scorer, though. No, I know, but he should be playing a little bit higher up where he should have a goal or two more a season. Sergio Aguero, maybe? I just think they spread it around. Like, listen to this they list. They do. They do. They added Mares, <laughs> De Bruyne, David Silva, uh, Raheem Sterling, Leroy Sané, Gabriel Jesus, Bernardo Silva, and Aguero up front. Like, come on. It's nuts. There's a lot of goal scorers for City. I think it's got to be Romelu Lukaku because exactly what you're saying. There's just cool. no one else who's going to score the goals for United on a frequent basis. I think Spurs. I think, I think Kane is kind Kane. of the, yeah, he's kind of the obvious pick, so to say, because he's just, he is like what we're talking about with Lukaku in terms of lack well, of Lukaku scored good goals at the World Cup. He was, I mean, we saw how brilliant he was on the winning overlap. goal yeah. on that overlap. My goodness, that was just such intelligent play. All the t- and team goal of the tournament. Team goal of the tournament by far. And... Now I'm just trying to picture that back in my head again. But that that was just, again, just showing how much he's willing to let that ball run. And then the goal scored by Chadley. But he's a, he's a smart player. He's really clever with the ball. I think his first touch has gotten better. People were critical of it at the start. And I think he's become much better um, suited for the ball being played into his feet at United. Style play is just the worry. Yeah, it's just Jose Mourinho's style of play. It always comes back to Mourinho, it feels like, when it comes to Man United talk, which is, I think something i hesitate on but you have to bring it up do you have any other random predictions you want to go with like maybe relegation yeah i think relegation is pretty interesting because i didn't i didn't expect stoke to get relegated last season but they did well yeah i mean talent wise they probably shouldn't have i mean shakiri was was like a probably top 10 side player not relegation side player um i don't i think huddersfield just got off to that really hot start last year i think they had like seven points through the first four games, which kind of boosted them up so that they didn't have to play super well throughout the rest of the season. Um, I think they're kind of right there. I think Cardiff goes down. I'm sorry. Uh, I think Cardiff goes down. I think Huddersfield goes down. I'm still deciding on my third team that goes down. For me, it's Crystal Palace, but I think Wilfred Zaha is too good. Yeah, I kind um, of agree. And he'll, he'll single-handedly keep them up. But I think I wouldn't even put it past Newcastle or Southampton to Newcastle, I think, is my other plunge. team. But I don't want Brighton gone at all. My uncle lives in Hove, so I don't want to see them go. And <laughs> a little personal bias on your relegation picks? A little bit. I don't think they will go down. I just think they're too they're too fun to watch. They play just a nice, fast style. I think they will play to the last second of the game every time. They're just one of those teams that survives on the second to last day. But yeah, I don't know. Um, Newcastle, maybe that third team. All right, so here is what Vegas has as kind of the three favorites to go down. It's Cardiff, minus 150, Huddersfield, plus 120, and then Watford, plus 185, which is kind of interesting. I didn't think about Watford as a relegation side, but now that that you say it, they did lose Richarlson. Marco Silva, their manager. How do you you feel about uh, Andre Gray and Troy Deeney scoring your goals? 
Good. Troy Deeney. I mean, that guy scored maybe the most exciting goal in, like, I think English football's playoffs. Maybe ever. Yeah, um, how how but, long ago was that? Yeah, it was years ago. But exactly. I'm just saying, like, he he can score when you need him to score, and that's why they're still up. I mean, partly. their midfield's kind of fun. Dakari's fun. Uh, I guess De La Feu is on the team, which is something. He just wasn't very good. I went to two second half of the year Watford games last year, and I just never want to watch another minute of non-Marco Silva Watford again. <laughs> well, there is no Marco Silva, so that's sad. But De La Feu was a great player, I think, when he was come, came on loan to Everton from Barcelona. I was really excited to see him come into the Premier League. He's been a little disappointing, but plenty time for him to come back into shape. I think I'm excited. I don't know if you have that relegation any... battle. That to me is always more exciting than the title charge because it it doesn't often come down to that last game of the season for title, but it almost always does for relegation. Well, yeah, that just because game. the the top six or seven teams are so good that just like eight teams get buried near the end. Like last year, you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, we thought Swansea had gotten out of there, and then they just dipped back down, and now we're down one Welsh team but back up another. So I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> I don't know if you have any thoughts, but any thoughts on West Ham? Because they are they were pretty close to being... I think Chicharito in that team is still good enough. Is Marko Anatovic still there? Yeah, th- I, I don't think, think so. they got rid of anyone. I don't, I don't see them going down. And in the Olympic Stadium, it's an attractive place to play. I could see them signing some panic signings in in January. They can't do it like they did with Carlos Tevez oh, and Javier oh, Mascherano. Oh, yeah, never mind. They can't go down. They have Jack Wilshire. Oh, they have Jack yes. Wilshire? They can't go down. Okay. That's right, they did sign Jack Wilshire from yeah, Arsenal. Here, or actually, look, not even from Arsenal, on a free. Let me look at West Ham's. I feel <laughs> like they signed someone else that I knew. I don't I don't remember. There's been a lot of signings. No, we don't, I we know. don't have time to go through them all. but I know. it's That's just kind of what happens, though. Okay, I've got it. Oh, Yarmolenko Yar- from Dortmund. That's kind of fun. Here, West Ham signed Felipe Anderson, Yarmolenko, Jack Wilshire, Ryan Fredericks. Uh, Fabian Fredericks from was Swansea. good for Fulham. Yeah, they signed him on a free. Fabian Balbuena from Corinthians, undisclosed fee, and then Diop from Toulouse for £21.9 million. That's big. So they do have the signings. They do have the team. Patrice Evra was released. James Collins was released. They're, they're fine. Yeah. Czech Teote went to Palace. I mean, they're they're going to be fine. Yep. I, I, don't, I, I don't see a problem there. I know you went to a West Ham game while you were in London. I did. But... I like that stadium quite a bit. They played Stoke. Um, How was the viewing experience? Because I know it's a track stadium. I thought it was fine. Um, it was it was also like two weeks after the whole like people really unhappy running on the field because the whole ownership. So mm, it was kind right. of like I didn't know if someone was just going to start sprinting onto the field. But like other than that, I, I had a pleasant experience. Right. I'm just always curious with those Olympic stadiums because the track, sure. I like the, the intra, the, the real, I don't know, intimate fields. Yeah. I went to QPR sat behind the goal and that was just awesome stadium bouncing and you're basically on the field that's just well that, that, that's that's the experience i had at fulham which I, oh yeah craven cottage yeah it's i can't believe that a premier side plays there like that's crazy yeah go look at vitality where bournemouth play Eleven thousand, i think is the stadium capacity something like right. that i mean it's crazy that they've been so kind of consistent i don't know yeah but we're kind of yeah. we're kind of rambling now this was we're a little rambling fun. we're a little over time Sorry about that, uh, but if you're still with us, thanks for tuning in to the Emerald Podcast Network. This was Emerald FC, Austin Craycraft. On the other side of this phone call, I'm Sean Meadow. 
Tune in to more Emerald Podcasts on wherever you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. Subscribe on those. Go to dailyemerald.com. It's on the right sound sidebar in a SoundCloud embedded link. And read some articles as well while you're on the website. Stay tuned for much, much more. Hope you guys enjoy the Premier League starting on Friday with Manchester United Leicester. Wait, quick, I know quick we're score excited. prediction. Quick score prediction? For that game. Well, which side is Harry Maguire on? I think that depends. I don't know. We know his big forehead That's is part of the ball prediction. in the net. All right. Well, if he's on Leicester, 2-1 United, one of the go- then Leicester goal is by Harry Maguire. And then wow. if he's not on Leicester, it's 3-0 Man United, and one of the goals is by Harry Maguire. <laughs> okay. That's, that's exciting. One. So if and, you sign uh, Maguire, you 10. guarantee you get one goal. So that's kind of cool. I, I guess so. I mean, just judging by why his fee is so expensive, he must come with a goal, right? Yep. <laughs> All right. I hope both him and Mina score match day one because that would just kind of that would be that would be awesome carryover from the World Cup. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, we're gonna have some more pods for you throughout the year on the Emerald Podcast Network. But thanks to Ryan Nguyen for bearing with us back in I think he's in Eugene, wherever you are, Ryan. Thanks for helping out with producing this one. But we'll have plenty more coming up in the future on the Emerald Podcast Network. <laughs>